0: Welcome to the Blind Shots Podcast. I'm your host, David Hill, coming to you from my basement golf bunker, watching YouTube golf swing instructional videos, and practicing my new putting move trying to stay square to the target line. And this is Season 4, Episode 3. We've all been there. All avid golfers believe they could do it. Some think they just need a little more time to play and practice, maybe once the kids are a little older. Others suffer under the illusion that the next technological breakthrough contained in the latest driver or graphite shaft or whatever will get them over the hump. Few among us know what it actually takes to get there, to become what so many only dream of, to become a scratch golfer. USGA describes a scratch golfer as a player with a handicap of 0.0. That means on any given golf course, the scratch player is talented enough to average shooting even par. Not actually shoot even par every time they play golf. That would be insane. Enter my guest today, one half of the dramatic comedy duo responsible for my own quiet quest to graduate from a Midland double-digit handicap hack to a respectable member of the Scratch Golf community in my 40s, you know, before it gets too late. It's my pleasure to present Mike Shade, better known to some of you already as Mike from the Chasing Scratch podcast. This is a discussion I've been wanting to have for a couple of years now. Mike and his podcast partner, Eli, provided part of the inspiration, not only for my own golf improvement, but also for the Blind Shots podcast experiment. So I've been on kind of a silent parallel path, agonizing as I try to balance being a responsible adult with my never-grow-old sports fantasy. Mike and I discuss not only his and his partner, Eli's, quests to become scratch golfers, but their decision to share that journey with the world, how their show has evolved along the way, along with their golf games, leading to an online community they never could have dreamed of, and the very real in-person and green grass experiences they've enjoyed as a result of all of it. It's an incredibly popular show and for good reason, aside from the actual golf described alternately in agonizing and excruciating detail. It's witty and funny, raw and real, bringing their emotional roller coaster rides to the listeners for going on five seasons now it's been a fun listen from the beginning and to hear how their stories and storytelling have matured does them great credit speaking of stories seriously what have you been waiting for there are fantastic stories in mckellar number six which is available now at mckellarmagazine.com go order your copy now if you haven't already done so and if you have already ordered it go buy another copy Give it as a Christmas gift. Seriously, what a tremendous stocking stuffer for the golfer in your life. You know, the Chasing Scratch guys have always been good about doing contests and giveaways through their very active online communities and social media, especially on Twitter and Instagram. I've got nothing to give you, but you're still invited to give me an attaboy or throw vegetables at me and at the show on Twitter and at Instagram at Blind Shots Pod and Blind Shots Podcast, respectively are links in the show notes to the chase and scratch podcast website as well the, as well to their youtube channel and their online community so please check those out when you have a minute go back to season one of their show start from the beginning it's a fun thrill ride that's still progressing finally while mike and eli have integrated corporate sponsorship with their vision of the chase and scratch podcast the blind shots podcast is sponsored exclusively by me david hill realtor in addition to playing, talking, and writing about golf, I'm a licensed Kentucky realtor with Rector Hayden Realtors. Cash is king right now, and as the interest rates continue to tick upward, if you're in a position to invest for the medium of the long term, there are better and better opportunities hitting the market in central Kentucky every day. If you want to know what's happening, give me a call, shoot me an email. You can always find my contact information at davidhill.rhr.com. Now that's done, I hope you'll enjoy my conversation with Mike. From Chasing Scratch. Sure. Well, I'm a longtime listener, big fan. Um, as far as midlife crises go, this is a pretty good one. It's kind of tame. <laughs> so, in, in, my first question really, a couple of questions. What on earth made you think this was a good idea that you could become a scratch golfer? Like that, that was a worthy pursuit.
1: You know, I don't know why. uh, And I still don't know that it is a good idea, but uh, we, I think Eli and I, we, we've been friends since college. We've every, every time we get together, ever since college, we played golf and after you know 15 years of we get so excited about these golf trips we'd go on the golf trips and then you know we're like nine holes in and we're like why do we suck like i'm, I'm tired i'm tired of being bad i want to be better and uh so we said we said well, what if what if we just try to get better and you know we <clears throat> we we have limited time, but what if you take all, take out all the other extracurricular activities other than work and family. And so no more basketball leagues, no more. And we just throw it into golf. Uh, how good could we get? So that was kind of the idea. And then we didn't know if it would be a podcast or not, but, uh, Eli was always, we had microphones. Cause Eli was like, Hey, we should do a podcast. And I was like, about what, like what are we going to do a podcast about? So he bought us microphones. <laughs> we had okay. microphones for, for like two years. And then, but we never we didn't we never used them. And then we said, "Well, what? Maybe we'll, we'll just record every time we talk about golf, and then we'll just see if that becomes
0: anything." Um, but Mike, so, golf is a game of crippling humility. So, what on earth made it seem like a good idea to share that journey with the world?
1: <laughs> well, you got to remember that we thought we were just going to share that with like twelve people. Uh, <laughs> like, we didn't think that we had no idea that you know anyone would listen other than our our family and our golf trip buddies so when when we got more than you know 30 listeners we were we we were really shocked and surprised so yeah if <laughs> i don't know that if we knew that going in maybe we wouldn't have
0: tried to share it with the world well you know this wasn't a a pandemic exercise this is all the for people that don't know this, the origin of this was 2017 and you hit the airwaves in 2018. Right? Um, would you still be, do you think you'd still be on the journey? You and Eli both without the podcast. Do you think you'd still be trying to fight and grind on the golf or would you have, you think you might've reverted back at this point to just get excited about golf trips and we'll deal with how bad we play in, afterwards?
1: Honestly, I think we probably, I think we've gotten enough of we've gotten enough instruction and we've seen, we've seen improvements uh, that I think we would have continued to try to improve. I, I, I don't, I wouldn't, if we, if we didn't, if we stopped the podcast tomorrow, I wouldn't have stopped going to get lessons. I wouldn't, I wouldn't stop trying to get better, but I do think there's, it's a motivator. Like it 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 does motivate us when we don't want to do something or, you know, so I, I do think we would have reverted a little bit. I don't know that we've gone all the way back, but uh, the podcast is is definitely a motivator for us, especially when you don't want to do some, you know, when you're lazy or you know it's 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 always in the back of your mind that, you know, we got we hey, we got to we got to we got to talk about this. So uh,
0: let's 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 get better. <laughs> you know, making finding content is hard. You know, especially if you're going to do, I'm on a regular podcast. I'm just a guy with a microphone and a, a laptop. So I, I put out episodes kind of when I want, right? but you guys have a dedicated audience, which is, which do you get the Sunday scaries about more getting better at golf or getting the podcast out <laughs> <laughs> and, and maybe talk about the parallels. Maybe it, it's kind of the same thing. <sighs>
1: Yeah. I mean, the podcast is always something that we've enjoyed uh, doing and, you know, Eli and I work together and uh, we, we got our producer Lenny on on the production, but, and that's, and that's, that's fun for us to do most of the time. Uh, But sometimes, you know, sometimes it is, there's, there, there's, there is the pressure. And we've been known to miss uh, dates that we put out there as, uh, as release dates. And that's, I never like that. That's always the worst when I have to <laughs> we have to go out and say guys the episode's not ready. Um well, it, it's we're going to need another couple of days. So that's the that's the worst part, but the producing the podcast part is is most for the most part very fun. Um I think the I think what at this point where where we want to we need to improve. Like we have to get better. Um or else how, 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 how long do you want to keep hearing about us as four handicaps? Um, we, we, we got to move the number. So that, that's where the pressure is. Is like, you know, we can't talk about being four handicaps for forever. We have to actually to, to, for the story to move, we have to actually get better. So, um, so that's, that's probably where we feel the most pressure is the, uh, the actual improvement and, taking off those last couple strokes, which everyone said was going to be really hard. I think we did not maybe listen to that as good as we should have. You
0: know, this has been chasing scratch. The podcast has been very slick from episode one. You know, if if I go back, I'll never go back and listen to my early podcast episodes. I don't want to, I know how bad it is, but you guys had high production values from the beginning. Uh, Do you guys have a, do you want to, it's my impression as a listener that you are doing a lot of the, the writing and the production you know, of the episode and Eli's kind of co-talent with you, but it, it seems like you're, you're stuck with the computer, um, more often than he is. Was that always the plan to have, do you guys have a media background at all? Or was that, you know, how did you kind of end up with such a well-produced Chris product, you know, that maybe exceeded your, your podcast exceeded your golf swings for the first couple of seasons? <laughs>
1: Uh, well, thank you for saying that, that, uh, uh, that's, that's, that's great to hear. I'm glad, um, I'm glad you like it. And, um, and yeah, I mean, the, it, it was something I, we'd never done a podcast before. Like I said, we do have, we do have help with someone that we know. Um, but a lot of it was just kind of learning as we went. And I had a similar job. I had a couple similar jobs in the past where, um, some, some video, video editing jobs. Uh, and, and, but also it's just something that I liked. Um, and, 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 and Eli liked too. Uh, so we, we kind of did some stuff on the side. We would do, we would do things, uh, if you went back to our first podcast, uh, it was, it was actually not this podcast. It was a podcast that we did for 11 people, uh, on, our, our golf trip podcast. We we would, we had a Ryder cup situation and Eli and I were captains and we had a, we'd had the captain's podcast and we did that for a couple of years, but it was just for an audience of the other 10 guys on the trip. And, uh, that those were pretty poorly produced. And, uh, we learned a lot from just trying to speak into a microphone and have that sound decent. Um, so, uh, so yeah, but, I'm I'm glad to hear that uh, that the production is good. We we always try to try to have a a good produced podcast.
0: Now you mentioned earlier the mysterious Lenny Sterner. Was that was he your mentor on this or you know I connected with the Talking Golf Network. It's Rod Morey down in Australia. he, I can remember sitting in my office and we had a Skype conversation and he sent me all the links to all the equipment I needed and all the tutorials. And he's been a, a great resource. Did you have, did you guys have somebody like that or is that Lenny or was it all just trial and error to get to this point?
1: It was a little bit of trial and error. And then, and then, you know, Lenny helped us with, uh, he, he does some, he does some stuff very similar to this for his job. And so that was something that, uh, that, that we connected with, um, a lot at the start a lot. We, we were a lot at the start, but you know, the, he, he, he taught us a bunch of stuff. So, uh, <clears throat>
0: but, uh, we'll, we'll always give Lenny credit Good for, uh, for, for, for everything that he did. Now you mentioned that Eli, your partner, Eli had uh, just gone and bun- bought a bunch of mics, I guess, enthusiastic about doing a, a podcast <laughs> in the early years. One of the gags was integration of of golf purchases. Yeah. What did you have to integrate more golf purchases or podcast purchases?
1: Man, we, uh, golf purchases really, uh, we, I mean the mics we got, we've got better mics now, but the mics we did in season using season one were like 40 bucks. Mm -hmm. Um, and they worked pretty good. Uh, and then, you know, we had, we needed to get a creative cloud, we did, we, we had a creative cloud membership or not membership. I don't know what that is for the music rights. Um, for, no, that's that, that was all the music is copyright, co- copyright free, uh, music that we normally find on U- the, the YouTube audio library. Um, we, we, we also, we also use uh premium premium So we have a, we have a license there. Well, more recently we've done that, but, Um but yeah, I mean it was really uh the 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 multi multi multi-track editor, Adobe Audition is what we use. So that that was the that was the biggest price. That the microphones and just having a computer, but we we had most of that stuff. So really uh it was really more of a time integration uh that was the challenge for recording as much as we did, especially early because we didn't know what we were doing. So me and Eli would record three or four times a week. And, um, and, you know, a lot of that never made it because we, we, we honestly didn't know if it was going to be a podcast. We were just talking into a mic. And um, so now we're a little bit more efficient and uh, our wives like that a lot better uh, because we're not recording every night, but, uh, but yeah, from a, from a cost perspective, you know, podcast wasn't, wasn't too expensive uh, at the start.
0: That, I guess that made it more wife-friendly. And, and for people that haven't heard, and maybe you can speak to this just briefly, that the the premise of the show was that you guys were in your mid-30s when you started. In 2017, you were low double-digit handicaps. And the, I guess the rules of the game were no quitting the job, no being a deadbeat husband. You're not going to disappear from your life. You had to try to get as good as you could at golf without disappearing, right? If I got that right. basically right.
1: Yeah. So you couldn't do, have you read paper tiger by Tom coin? Yes. Okay. So like that was, that was kind of like, how do you do partly that? Like we're not, we're not cashed in the 401ks and going, going, moving to Florida. And, and that's all we're doing and trying to make the PGA tour. It's not that it's how good can you get with keeping the important stuff the same, but just spending the time, the little time that you have,
0: uh, in a more dedicated fashion. How, yeah, that, that was, that was the, that was the premise. And the, you've avoided, as far as we, we know, you know, you've got the podcast, but you've avoided the other two legs of the dad Trinity. You know, you're not brewing craft beer. And as far as I know, you guys aren't spending <laughs> a lot of time smoking meats, right? Without...
1: <laughs> the dad Trinity. Oh, that's good. I mean, yeah, you, no, we're, we're not smoking meats and we're uh, uh, no, no, <laughs>
0: You, oh man. You mentioned when you hit 30 you took notice, you said when you, when you got more than a couple of dozen listeners. You know, you guys have you have corporate sponsorship now. You have developed your own community of followers, the Velcro. You you know you do produce videos, uh, video content for your membership. When did you know you had something or was this always an empire building exercise? No,
1: I mean, literally we were really just going to do this for one year. And and again, it wasn't, it wasn't, uh, wasn't anything that we thought would, we would do for multiple years. And then in the middle or this, I think it was late season one. Eli called me and said, Hey, have you looked at our podcast numbers for this week? And I said, no. And he said, they're, astronomical for us and i don't remember what the number was but it was like i said there's no way that's right um you know we're it's a somebody got hacked somewhere uh, i don't know if you remember it was we, the netherlands
0: right or belgium amsterdam
1: yeah. yeah amsterdam like there was a bunch of stuff in amsterdam i was like man there's no way people are amsterdam listening to us this is not that's not real but it kept going for a couple of days and then and then you know Eli's, Eli's searching everywhere, like searching our names, searching the podcast name on, on Google. And we can't find anything of what would have caused this. And then we finally found it on Reddit. Someone had mentioned us on Reddit and it had gotten, uh, I'm, I'm not a Reddit user, so I don't know what the thing is, but got, had up, ticked or whatever. Right. And, uh, and so there was a bunch of comments on this Reddit page and I was like, well, that's clearly where all the listeners are coming from. And, uh, so at that point it was kind of, I mean, it was kind of cool. Uh, but we, we still didn't think, we didn't think that we never had plans of, you know, the, the community that, that we have today. And that's, I don't even know if we really even get credit for, for doing that. It was just, that's, it's people asked for, you know, I, I remember we were getting questions saying, Hey, can you guys give us bonus content? We, uh, and, you know, people were saying you should have a Patreon page. And so we figured out how to do that and we put some stuff up and, but, uh, I mean, the events that we, the events that we have, uh, are, are, are put together by, you know, listeners and, uh, and, and and we just kind of show up. Uh, but it's, it's, it's amazing like that, whatever happens with, with us and, getting to scratch or, or not getting to scratch or, or or whatever happens with the podcast. Like we always want to keep that community because it's such a, it, that's so special to us. Um, the, those, those guys are a great bunch of guys. We've gone on trips with the, a lot of them went to Ireland with us mm-hmm. uh, uh, earlier in the year. And uh, yeah, that, that, that part was completely unexpected. Never would have believed that was, that was possible, but that is by far the coolest thing that's happened.
0: You guys started out doing the podcast anonymously. I mean, you don't your uh, your you're street cred. You don't go by Mike and Eli. You know that that has evolved over the. Talk to me a little bit about kind of that process and and what the maybe the the motivating factors, and then when you kind of bit the bullet and said, "Okay, we we've got to Dylan. It's going to have to go electric to keep growing." <laughs> well, um, it was it was a it was
1: just something where. We didn't want, we kind of wanted it to be our a separate thing from the rest of our, of our life. I mean, we really didn't think it would, again, we didn't think it was going to take off or anything like that, but my job at the time, I wasn't doing anything wrong by having a podcast, but I just didn't want it. I, I didn't want, I wanted it to be its own thing. I wanted to keep my worlds separated as Costanza would say. Very, very man of you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I just, so I just, I was like, you know what? I don't want to put, don't want to put, let's not put our names on it. Let's let's not put our last names on it. And let's not, let's, let's not do video. Let's just do a straight podcast. And that's how it'll be. Cause that, you know, that that's, that's what it was. It wasn't, we weren't trying to, you know, get big or, or, or anything like that. And then, um, and then eventually it just got to the point where, there was like people were going to find us people had already started to find us, uh, and figure out who we were. So we just figured out, you know, it's, it's time. Uh, I think that was season three. Um, that we kind of, that we kind of showed our faces and, and it, it, no one could believe that Eli had uh white hair.
0: Um, <laughs> but, uh,
1: <laughs> hashtag
0: silver Fox. That's um, right. Yeah. My, <laughs> one of my, I played, uh, the Lexington leagues here. And one of the pros, uh, he asked me, he's like, do you listen to those chasing scratch guys? Like, yeah. And goes, I went to high school with Eli. His name's, you know, and told me, he's like, yeah, I know that I used to know that guy. <laughs> and so, but he had listened for a couple of years before he figured it out. Like he wasn't yeah. he, the, the voice, you know, hadn't seen him in 20 years, I guess. Um, yeah. Yeah. That, that's been an interesting model. Now you, I guess maybe not adding to the anonymity, but You guys speak in what I call an American Cockney accent. It's prevalent with with American males born between 1975 and 1990, where most of your conversations can be broken down by pop culture references. Mm -hmm. That's kind of a running gag on the show. I would assume, you know, mine has atrophied. I spend so much time around my kids and my wife who grew up with just different, she's on the wrong side of the dividing line, different pop culture (laughs) experiences. So that it's nice I think for a lot of us, just to hear that, you know, that you can speak in movie references and music references. Um, I'd assume that's the same off air as it is on air. Like, that's just how you guys speak. What I really want to know is, can your wives understand you when you're talking in that conversation or can you be in the room? I heard a great quip years ago, Michael Caine and Bob Hoskins, the two English actors, said they could be standing in the middle of a cocktail party and have a conversation in their Cockney accents that nobody else understood, like they could be talking about the people standing next to them, they'd have no idea. Can you guys do that? Is that a part of daily life when you guys do speak? Now, granted, you're in different locations, but
1: yeah, no, I mean, it. it what you hear on the podcast is exactly what how we talk. It's just that's just how it is. Uh, it had to how it's always been, um, and it's it's so funny that that was one, and that was one of the reasons. Uh, one of the reasons we didn't really think we didn't really build, build this to get, to get large. Cause if we did, I think we would have taken a lot of that stuff out. Cause we'd be like, Oh, well, who's going to, who's going to know that? Who's going to know that, you know, Wayne's world line, you know, or, or like, you know, you stab man a dead of winter and steam will rise from his wounds. Like what, what is that? Like, you know, we would have taken that stuff out. Um, but that's been so fun to see people like all the people that connect with that kind of stuff. And you're right. It is, we have a, we have a, definitely have a sweet spot of people who get all of our references and they're all born around the same time. Um, our wives get some of it. Uh, my wife, if anything office, my wife will get, um, okay. Yeah, anything, anything, anchorman, anything wedding crashers she's going to get, um, the, some of the other stuff though, you know, we're not eli or not are not at the level where we could do we could have a conversation about people without them knowing it um but uh but yeah th- you know there's there's definitely always been that that reliance on
0: uh on those references that uh, that's just the natural way we've talked gotcha you mentioned that you you had a a first run podcast uh, that you were trip captains for a Ryder cup style um event how much are you able to still get away and have that kind of golf experience or has golf really changed for you guys in that you've always got the quest. You've always got the pursuit of scratch kind of hanging over your head in all of your, your golf decisions.
1: That's a great question. And I think at points, I think maybe that's been the, been the case, but I think we've also like, we've carved out, carved out time. Uh, you know kind of specifically like last year when we did the we did the late summer run last year and we did we traveled to all those cities. and we were kind of like, you know we were up in Canada, we were in Chicago and I was like, Eli, we're not gonna like we're gonna be exhausted. We're not gonna score like this is not a scoring trip. this is just let's just have fun. Um, that's and that's kind of what that's kind of what we did in Ireland too. Um, now it does creep in. Like, you know, the, it, it, creeps in if you're playing bad and you're like, gosh, how am I doing this? How did I just shoot a 91 in, you know, at, at, at this course, like how, how, how is this still part of my game? Um, so that's, it, it's, it's there to some degree, but, um, it's still something that we, we, we've still, there's still the, the, the vacation golf, like there's scoring golf, then there's vacation golf, have fun. And I think we can get a little too focused on on this and 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 kind of not do that not do the
0: vacation stuff but i feel like that's important to to not lose that it is that the grind is this was the first year i'm a trip captain we don't do exactly rider cup style but we're most of a decade in with the same guys and this was the first year i showed up with a low number and man that is a different experience when you you walk in uh, to a group of guys. And all of a sudden you're giving strokes and you've got to grind out for your team versus just yeah. being kind of the guy that can kind of laugh and, you know, <laughs> maybe get a net birdie once aside and contribute. Um, yeah. Hey, do you find that grind? Do you, do you wear that out on the golf course? I mean, do you, you guys chronicle where the numbers move, but how conscious are you of that on the golf course? Are you a, I know you've had, you've talked to Dr. Bob uh, you've you've sought mental game help in addition to you know physical swing help. Yeah. Um, are you to the point that that's the bigger struggle than the the physical things like path? Eli's technicalities. Like, <laughs> where are you on that spectrum of you're playing whack a mole? Which one do you find yourself spending more time on at this point in your journey?
1: I think for me, especially this year, it's it's mostly been about learning how how to play on the course. And we've, we've talked a lot about being athletic and that's what Dr. J, you know, what, what Dr. J has been kind of working on us with. And for me, that's, that's the biggest thing. And I think I've done, I think I've done a really, I've been better. I don't know if I'll say good job, but I've been better this year than I've ever been as far as not getting caught up in. Uh, and even my pro that I'm working with, you know, he, he, he constantly tells me when uh, we've done five playing lessons this year and he's constantly reminding me, you get up there and you have no fear. You have no fear. You just make it, you make a good swing. And then you can, you cannot be focused on any kind of result. It just goes where it goes. And then you hit it again and kind of get, when I, when I'm in that mode, when I can get there, um, that is a very freeing feeling and it's very fun to play golf like that. So, um, I'm not, I'm not quite there yet every round. And when, when things go, when things go bad, um, I think the big the, the biggest struggle for us, Eli struggles with this more than me. He would admit that is when things go bad, you have a, you have a choice on the course. You can, you can try to score that day or you can try to work on what your pro has been telling you to work on from a technical perspective. And there's part there, there's still the struggle. I think of, well, I could go to, you know, a little punch shot the rest of the day, but that's feeding in habits that I'm trying to get away from. And, but, but I think for me, knowing that that's better and I can work on the other stuff later has been the biggest change for me. So when I'm, And and for most of the rounds this year, I I can think of three where I I went the technical route and I was like, nope, I'm not going to change this path thing. I'm I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it this whole round. But most of the time, I've been like, no, I'm going to score. I'm going to shoot. I'm going to shoot the lowest score I can possibly shoot this day, no matter how I do that. And for me, I know that that again, I'm not perfect, but that's the mindset that I have to get into. And that's the biggest thing I've learned this year is getting there rather than your swing has got to be this perfect thing that, sh- that everybody can look at and say, ooh, look at your swing.
0: Yeah, that, I had to make a conscious decision either last year or this year not to look at myself. No no video. You know, I, I had taken video at the range, you know, get in front of the mirror. When I showed up, I started taking lessons, maybe a 2015, somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. And the first time he took me into the basement, but got a facility here, Man of War Golf here in Lexington. And they took me and put me on video. And I looked like, do you remember Craig council, the baseball player? He's the brewers manager. Yeah. now. Well, he <laughs> had a crazy stance, hands way up high in the air. If Craig council got fat, that's what I looked like. The first time I saw my swing on video, it was so depressing. So, and it hadn't gotten a lot better looking. The, the results have gotten a lot better. So yeah, that I, I don't understand. I couldn't be technical. I, I tried that, but you know, listening to Eli I sympathize for him, but I'm, my brain just works a different way. So yeah, there's something to be said for for you know dance with who brung you with the the show up, the swing that you show up with that day. Yeah, um,
1: but I think I, I, the only thing I think that's that's complicated, and we got we got this actually a couple of weeks ago. We I was talking about some technical swing work that I was doing, and we got some we got some stuff that like hey you're oh, this is back to season one. Mike's playing golf swing again, and I I think there is a difference though because. I've been, I've been athlete on the golf course all year and I've gotten down to a three and a half that way, but I'm still inconsistent because of the swing. The swing still has to get better mm-hmm. in, 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 my view. So it's a, it's still a weird, ba- it's a balance that I don't, that, that probably was what makes golf so great is no one can figure out the balance. Like how, how much do I focus on improvement versus focus on how to score? Right. But like you need, but like for us, I'm convinced I need both. Like I need both. I need a. I still need a better swing. Um, the but I'm putting more like 20% emphasis on that and 80% on playing. Uh, but but getting that balance right is is tough.
0: Now Eli opened up and did his his public trial by fire this year. He entered a competition our state our state association. He, he played in one of the AM series events. I had actually through DMS tried to tease him into playing some of our Lexington league events. Cause it's a, it's a, I've been on a parallel path. I'm a copycat. You guys motivated me. I remember finding the podcast. I was on vacation in Hilton head jogging around hiding from my family. And I hear you guys <laughs> and I'm thinking I can do this. I'm a little older than them, but I'm about the same place. I've got a coach. I've just got to take it serious. So you're getting there faster. So I hate you guys, you both have hair and I hate you, you're getting there faster, but because I'm e- maniacal enough, I thought I can get there. I can beat them. I can get to scratch. <laughs> and so my measuring stick has been playing real golf in these tournaments, you know, where yeah. it's, it's put everything out, you know, in tournament golf versus every other golf. I think every you guys know you've had an audience it's different when someone's watching and and writing down and cares what you, you score. Yeah. Have you found, have you, do you meet a lot of people that say, Hey, you've motivated me or I've been able to use this from the show or thanks for introducing this. What are some of the fun things that listeners have brought to you? Like the the gratitudes.
1: Man. Yeah. Like, um, we, we, we get a lot, we, we do get a lot of that and, uh, that's
0: the, that's the best kind of feedback that we get. Uh, I'm I'm trying to think of specifics, but I sent you one, um, the pre-shot routine, you guys talking up the pre-shot routine, which my coach beats me over the head and then I get lazy and I forget to do it. And then all of a sudden I hear, Oh yeah. And now you've given me the visual tiger at the old course. Like I can see that. Yeah. Okay. I've got to go back, get my waggle, walk into the ball, hit the shot. That's been incredibly helpful this year. So how often does that show up to you?
1: Uh, you know, it, it depends on what we're talking about that, you know, s- some people, uh, when we say something good that like, like, the like we got a bunch of stuff on the pre-shot routine or the, uh, the free throw, I was calling it, you know, like that was a re- that was a revelation for me that, you know, it's a free throw. You do the exact same thing every single time. And that's how a golf shots should be. Um, so we, we like something like that. We get a lot of good feedback on. If people disagree with some of the stuff, we get, we get a lot of feedback the other way. But um, I'm trying to think of the, the, the other episode I can think of just from this year was the second episode of the year, the athletes episode. Um, we got more feedback on that episode from people who didn't even play golf, um, but could relate to the mental barriers that you put up in everyday life. Um, and trying to break through those because and I think Eli did a fantastic job in that episode of describing how it doesn't matter what it doesn't matter if it was basketball, it doesn't matter if it was at your job but or or, or what wherever it was, but we have these things in our mind that hold ourselves, we hold ourselves back because we don't want to look dumb or because we don't want to we're scared of what might happen. and you know when you when you remove those, those things you can, and, and be able to break through, um, you know, that's, that's, that's really powerful. So th- that's a, that's a great one, but anytime anybody says, you know, that we, you know, motivated them or, or, you know, that they're, they're kind of starting their, their, their quest based on, based on ours, like that is feedback, doesn't get any better than that. So, uh, I appreciate, I appreciate your, your feedback over the years. And, uh,
0: but, uh, it's, 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 it's a cool thing. Well, and and I'll testify anytime on the, my journey has been overcoming a lot of fear. That's been a a big part of my life the last decade. So I absolutely understand it. And it's, it's been interesting for me to see the parallels just within the golf space, because I I know Reverend Ward, I've spoken with him for some background on some episodes for this, Um, but I use a different teacher, but it's been interesting to see that my journey and kind of lessons in coming to golf has been so similar in space to you guys. Like the, my coach started talking about swing left about a month before you guys kind of brought it, you know, that, that path issue, because he, I showed up as Craig counsel. So he taught me to hook the ball. I'm the kind of guy, and I don't know which one of Eli may be more of this than you. My coach prescribes me two aspirin to fix something and iod on heroin because i do it so much like, <laughs> like he and then you over exaggerate yeah, it some is good and more has to be better that's the way my brain works <laughs> so that applies to my golf game so all of a sudden i spend two years fighting this big sweeping snap hook and then he mm-hmm. starts bringing and say, okay well we've we've conquered the slice so let's start swinging get that path you know get the, get rid of that little snap, rope hook, duck hook, the whole, I was like that. <laughs> yeah. I never identified so much with audio in my life. It, you know, so it was interesting to see that it really, I think the terminology is different and the comp, but the concept seemed to be pretty consistent across. Cause you guys have two different coaches, two different swings, but to kind, kind of, of, yeah,
1: we have exact opposite swings. Like when I, at, at TPI last week, they were like people like Aaron, Dill, the wedge guy was blown away. He's like, you could not have more opposite swings. You are the complete opposite golfers. Eli, super shallow. I'm super steep.
0: Uh, yeah, it's just, it, it, it's funny how that worked out. But they all want to get us to the same place, which is really interesting, but they have yeah. to tell us different things to get us there. Yeah. Let me ask you this. I got two questions. I'll get you out of here. Okay. First one, how does this end well? Do you both have to get to scratch? Do you both throw your hands up i mean i don't want to see you guys end up like mike and mad dog where you you take 10 years not speaking to each other because of whatever
1: (laughs) how does it end well um i think we both get to scratch i think i think that's the that's the perfect ending um and i think i i just feel like it's going to happen i feel like it's going to happen uh we're we're running out of time for this year but i feel like it's just I, i i feel like I feel like we're not far away. Um, and I, so uh, in, in my mind, that's always been, again, I, and I don't want to say that's how the show ends. Cause we could, the, you know, the, there's, there's other goals we have maybe beyond that, but we're going to, we're going to keep, we're going to keep that as, as the primary goal. So I think that's the ending. I think, uh, I think we both get there. Um, that's my
0: answer. Good enough. Now, Golf has taken you guys, especially during the time of the the show. Golf has taken you guys to some amazing places. You mentioned the Ireland trip. Um, you've your different majors that you take trips on. You know, Tobacco Road is. If I could play Tobacco Road and Mid Pines on alternating days, I'd die a very happy man. Those are my two favorite American places. That's um, a cool place. Very much so. But you've been at this for five years now of this this improvement. So my question, I, I my ending question for this season. Two courses, one, you haven't played what's on your list, maybe your white whale, but the second part, I think is the more interesting question. Where do you wish you could get back to? What course do you want another bite at now that you have marginally more control over your golf ball? Like what's the one you want to get back to? Gotcha.
1: Um,
0: that's a great question.
1: Uh, I've always wanted to play pebble. So, uh, that that's, that's my, that's my, uh, that's my place there, uh, but I also probably you know I've never been to Scotland, so the, the old course is probably up there too as far as places that I've always
0: wanted to play. Mm-hmm. Um, place side, that I, side note, it's worth it.
1: Uh, all of it. Have yes. you have you played have you played I've, both?
0: I've I've not played Pebble. I've walked okay. around Pebble on our honeymoon. Okay. When we we went out there. Okay, uh, sweet. Like non golf, but I've done Scotland and it's okay. Yeah, cool. Well, I mean Ireland was so good.
1: And the first place that you said, you know, do you want another what another shot at? I want I want to go to Karn again for sure. Because I mean, Karn was just so good. Um but um we played we played a course called Pelican Hill. Uh on Is that out in LA? It's it's uh it's it's near, it's it's closer to like Newport beach, I think. Okay. Um, it is beautiful. And, uh, every, every hole you can see the Pacific ocean, Every like we couldn't stop taking pictures. I almost, I almost crashed. I almost, I almost killed someone, uh, because I wasn't, I was looking at the views and I almost head on collision with another, uh, that was almost a bad, that was almost a bad ending to the podcast. <laughs> um, but, uh, I did not have a very good game that day. And so, and, and it was like perfect weather. I would love to have that day back. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any other places
0: that we've played that, you know, it could be pre-show if there's like, I, I went and played with my best friend and his dad and another guy, we went and played Dubs Dread in Chicago, the Cog Hill number four. Oh yeah. And I was about, you know, I was probably a 12 handicap and that was soft. There was a lot of vanity in that at that point. Yeah. And I have never felt so beat up at the end of a golf round, like, <laughs> like it just the bunkers. I was in every bunker, I, you know, couldn't get up and down because it was like putting on this desk. Um, that's one I think I would probably enjoy now. Like I could I didn't know anything about strategy. I just knew, all right, I'm, I I'm hope to find my golf ball when I get off the tee. That's kind of where I was.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a, that's a great call. We didn't play. Yeah. Before, before the podcast, I mean, we just didn't really play a bunch of courses that I would say, I want to get back there with my new strategy, but uh, you did just jog jog one. Uh, We got to play the Highlands course in Chicago. Mm -hmm. The Highlands golf club was such a cool course. And I played so bad. Um, And that was, that was Eli shot 70. Eli had a chance on the last hole to shoot even par, I think he needed, I think he needed an Eagle. And so then he, I told him that and then he rope hooked one out of bounds and (laughs) didn't shoot even par. But, um, (laughs) (laughs) but that course uh, we had a, a a listener uh, Mark Jorgis who uh, he was the first listener who invited us to play anywhere. And so that's the place that when we were planning our late summer run last year, we were going to go different places. We said, we're going to hit him first. And so he was in Chicago, but I've, I'd, I'd never heard of the course, but gosh, it was so cool. It's up on it. Like it's, it doesn't look like you're in Chicago. There's no trees. It's up on this. It's uh, not flat. No, not, not flat. the, the article in the golfer's journal, all the pictures of that course, uh, the of of us on that course, it's, it's on the Highlands course. Um, but that it was such a cool place. And I just did not have my game at all. And so i would love to play that again uh when i'm actually i can actually find the center of the club face
0: hey thanks for stopping by for this episode of the blind shots podcast i hope mike enjoyed our talk as much as i did you know it's weird when you're talking to someone that you've listened to on a show for a long time the asymmetry of the situation i feel like i know so much about him from his show and I'm sure he's just hoping I'm not too weird. Joke's on you, Mike. Do yourself a favor. Go to ChasingScratchGolf.com when you have a moment. The website's pretty awesome. It has links to subscribe to their podcast, to view their bonus content on YouTube. And if you want to join their online community, a link to their subscription-based community, The Velcro, through their Patreon page. Finally, after you've checked out Mike and Eli's work, take a minute head over to Apple Podcasts or whichever podcast service you're listening from, and leave a rating and review for my show, The Blind Shots Podcast. Each time somebody leaves a five-star rating, Mike slows down his tempo 2% and gets that much closer to a scratch golfer dream. Hope you've enjoyed what you heard here today. If you didn't like what you heard, sorry about that. I really can't do anything about it now, but I will at least promise to try to do better next time. Remember to hydrate throughout the day and sit up straight, shoulders back for good posture. And as always... When you have the choice, do decide to go for it and take dead aim. The Blind Shots podcast was mixed, as always, by a guy with audacity and a laptop. We're inspired by M. Shade and E. Straight. Production support came from Rod Morey and the Talking Golf Network. Special thanks to Rival and Revel. Special thanks to my coach, Mike Pulliam, and the crew at Manowar Golf. Special thanks to everyone who has ever said or written that they liked the Blind Shots podcast. I've got free, sporadically posted golfish content at onebeardedgolfer.com. Kudos to Matt and yeah to Fred. boy to John Mark. The music credits are just me with my banjo, poorly. We'll be back with another episode next week. Talk to you then. Enjoyed listening to it. Like I said, it motivated me to get better. Yeah, uh, you know I've got the the Fit for Golf app that just sits there, kind of like the treadmill with clothes <laughs> hanging on it. I get into it every every so often and, and and just move move the the guilt to the side and like, okay, we're just gonna get better.